This is CliffCentral.com. This is Disrupt with Booming Club, powered by Two Systems. Good morning and welcome to Disrupt with me, Mbomin Tlapo. Thank you for joining us again today uh, for another dose of discussion around disruption. As you know, and if you're new to the show, on this show we talk about really how disruption is shaping and changing the world that we live in, whether it's by technology, new business models, or new ways that people are engaging this digitally evolving world. Uh, We really explore these topics with industry experts, thought leaders, and other interested individuals that come and join us um, for, an, for a discussion on this topic. Today I've got two gentlemen with me, Tsepo Kobe from the Khaudrain Management Agency, which is an agency of the Khaudrain Department of Transport that forms part of the Khaudrain Provincial Government. Um, he is joined by Sean Moodley. Sean is the MD of Intelligy. Intelligy is a project management and portfolio management organization um, focused largely around ICT projects. Um, and the thing we'll be speaking about today is the new app which was launched by the Gautrain Management Agency on behalf of um, the Department of Transport here in Gautrain, which seeks to consolidate and integrate the various pu- public transport modules or modes and bring one central interface that we can really engage public transport from, which is really a great innovation um, from the province. But before we get started, I'm going to start with you, Tsepo. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Mpumi. Uh, how's it going? We had a, quite an interesting event yesterday with the launch of the app. Is there still quite a lot of excitement? Around There's it? still quite a lot of excitement, and I've been looking at the media briefs and posts all over the place. Yes. And it is still going. So there is excitement, and we are getting feedback already, So which is good That's for fantastic. the next version. Yeah. It makes you also a little bit nervous just to make sure that everything uh, holds up, or not at all. You've it, been prepared. Look, we, we, we've tested it at probably uh, 100,000 same-time accesses and things like that so okay. that we make sure that you know it's robust so we are comfortable with that okay. but anything can happen you of know course. it's tech so yeah. <laughs> um i mean you know we we know that uh on this provo in our province specifically around johannesburg yeah. um traffic movement of vehicles whether it's private vehicles public transport vehicles buses trains it's there's a lot happening at the same time um and we know that technology seeks to help i know for a fact i don't drive anywhere in johannesburg without ways to help me navigate the traffic. Building an app like this, what was the motivation behind it? I think the the first bit of it is to engender the use of public transport. Remember, in essence, um, public transport in itself seeks to alleviate congestion on the roads. If you've got less people on the roads actually driving themselves in, you know, I've just driven here today and I looked at all the cars, there's just one person per car. And that in itself is a challenge if if you compress that into a bus that is 70 cars off the road. So yes. in essence, you want to take most of the cars off the road and then bring people into um, using public transport. And And the whole point of the app is to bring information to people so that they can use public transport. Because everybody, when you say to them, why don't you use public transport? They say, we don't know where to find it. I see. And uh, is the intention of the app then to help people to... Uh, be able to access public transport and know where to find it because I know it does a lot more than that. Fu- but yes. fundamentally, it's about being able to map a route and then know which public transport is available. Mbumi, I always say to a lot of people if you're going to build an app, it's got to do one thing very well. Yes. 
And in essence, when I do a lot of these hackathons and I'm judging there, I always ask the guys, what is the core of your app? What are you selling in the app itself? And, and in essence, in this one is, it's a route planner. It, 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 it enables you to find public transport, but not only find public transport, but also be able to find how much do you pay for public transport? Because that's the second, once you know where to get it is how much is it going to cost? And then how easy is it for me to get hold of it? And, and at what time will it show up? So we also have the schedules there. Okay. Yeah. You are the senior manager for technical services yeah. at the Gautrain Management Agency. Yeah. Okay. And you were tasked with building this application on behalf of the Department of Transport. Yes. Why did they come to you guys? Um, overall, you know, when you look at our track record, um, we've been able to, we're a good project management company. Um, And, you know, beyond our mandate of being able to manage and coordinate the Gautrain project itself, uh, we've built a a fair bit of expertise within the business that enables us to be able to do diverse projects. And the MEC felt that, you know, this is the right place for the app to be uh, developed. Okay. Yes. Can you share then a bit more information? I mean, a lot of people, I certainly didn't know much about the GMA or the Gautrain Management okay. Agency. I know there's the Gautrain, yes. and I can catch the bus or the train from the airport or to Pretoria, but I didn't know that there was an agency. What is, yes. what is, why is, it, why is the agency needed? Can't we just have the Gautrain running on its own and everybody's happy? So everybody is aware or may be aware that the Gautrain is a PPP. Okay. A PPP is a public-private partnership, okay. and on 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 the partnership, you need to have private partners, and then you have pub, uh, uh, government partners, and those government partners come in the form of the agency in this case. Okay. So w- we actually own and administrate the assets that have been built for the Houteng on behalf of the Houteng uh, Department of Roads and Transport, and in essence, you you need the two parties to be there. Now, what makes the Houteng work is the fact that you know, not one person is playing referee and what do they call it and play at the same time. Okay. So we make sure that the concessionaire adheres to the contract they've signed to. Okay. Uh, and we monitor that they, they deliver the service according to the way they had planned to deliver it and the way they had promised in the contract itself. Okay. Yes. And I guess that gives testament to the success of the Gautrain amongst yes. many projects. I mean, there have been other successful projects, but in particular, I said to someone yesterday at the launch, I said, um, I don't hear a lot of noise about the Gautrain. You know, um, naturally with government projects, there's always going to be a bit of noise in the system. But the Gautrain, you guys pretty much stay under the radar and get about your business. Yes, that's true. I mean, that's 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 what we do. I mean, even this app as we were developing it, yes. we were not talking about it yes. right up until it was launched yesterday. Yes. yes. Sean, I want to bring you into the conversation. You were tasked with uh, facilitating the development of the app. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your company, Intelligy? Good morning, Mpumi. Morning. And thank you for the opportunity for allowing IntelliJ to engage with you this morning. IntelliJ was essentially derived from two concepts, intelligence and energy. The uh, Simply put, it's understanding what clients want and effecting change. Uh, we were tasked uh, on behalf of the Gauteng Management Agency mandated to the Department of Transport to develop the Gauteng on the Move app. Uh, simply put, the Gauteng on the Move app puts the province in the palm of your hand. It enables public transport, including walking, Taxis, trains, buses. Bicycles, uh, bring, I believe. Uh, there's bicycles that's being touted to be put onto the phase two. Okay. Uh, also part of phase two will be tourist information. We want to encourage more tourism within the province. And one of the MEC's key objectives is to drive tourism through the ICT sector. Okay. And the Gauteng on the Move app is one of the key areas that we can dr- drive that through. Okay. 
yesterday, um, it was mentioned that you used um, local providers, uh, female-owned businesses as part of the development of the app. Can you share some more information on that? So, as we were mandated uh, through the Department of Transport and the Gauteng Management Agency, one of the core objectives of uh, delivering this uh, Gauteng on the Move app was to use local talent. We strongly believe that there's strong local talent within the ICT industry, within Gauteng and within South Africa. And I think uh, that was one of the key drivers behind using a local female, black female-owned organization okay. to deliver the app. So our technical partners who joint ventured on, on this project with us uh, is a black female-owned organization. They handled the delivery of the application from conceptual stage right, right up until the launch yesterday. So I think that's a fabulous achievement for uh, South Africa and for Gauteng province itself. Absolutely. Tepo, that's a really exciting story. I mean, um, it's one thing to talk about, you know, uh, empowering or including uh, black females within the ICT sector, but it's another thing to task them with something so big and actually make a success of it. Mbumi, if we delivered ICT and disruption in the future, and we do it the normal way with the big companies, yes. that, that's not really disruption. Disruption has to go through all the fabric of, of society and what they call it, and business as a whole. And Absolutely. we as, as, as the GMA or the Houdrin Management Agency, we're very keen on empowering small businesses. And in actual fact, it is part of our mandate. If you look through, you know, Section 4 of the GMA Act, yes. it requires us to engender BEE and socioeconomic development. I mean, intelligence in itself comes from that concept of making sure that young black businesses actually get a chance to do this kind of work. Absolutely. If it was any other place, um, the kind of project management and program management that Sean does would not have been brought on um, on such a big project. Everybody would have gone to the majors. Absolutely. And we are saying we are not only talking empowerment and disruption, but we're actually doing it. Absolutely. And at two levels, I mean, at program management level, and when we started working with John Asatium, we are going to find what they call it, uh, companies that can do this. In addition to that, out of the hackathons that we've held with some of our partners, there are younger companies that will be incorporating into the development of phase two. Okay. That's fantastic. And we're continuing with all of that. So it has to work all the time. Is that something that you bring into other aspects of your business as well? I mean, I, I see it here for the app, but other aspects of, of managing the heart rate? Without fail. Every part of the entire, organ, of the, of, of the entire organization is tuned to what's doing this. Okay. In actual fact, even in the concession agreement, there is a section called Schedule 22, which forces the concessionaire to do exactly the same thing. And we continue to innovate on, on, on all the parts of, of Schedule 22. In the next phase of it, we'll be looking at township development um, and acquiring from, from township businesses. The young, developers, the, the young developers that we're bringing on board in Phase 2, some of them are just youngsters that come from the township that know how to code, and they form small companies, and we're incorporating them immediately. I mean, the, the winners of the hackathon that was held probably about two months back mm -hmm. um, we're bringing them on board and we're helping them not only you know get on board with tech but to be able to formulate businesses that will be standalone businesses long term wise that's absolutely fantastic what I like about it is because your expertise is in managing project management project managing and delivering successful outcomes whatever they may be whether yeah. it's tech or you know running a, a rapid train system you can then instill some of that best practice into these young and up-and-coming organizations and actually help them to be sustainable and predictable in the yes. way that you are going forward. 
and we have to be. Delivery is not about, I always say to a lot of people, South Africa is not short of ideas. Mm. What South Africa is short of is short of leadership. And not only are you developing people to be able to have the technical savvy to do what they need to do, but also you're developing future leaders to be able to run large projects long term wise. Some of those guys will go fully into being entrepreneurs. Some of them will join government to be able to develop further the ICT sector. Great. Sean, can you then just talk me through the app? Um, uh, I haven't had an opportunity to go through it in detail, but can you take us through the key uh, aspects of the app? So what I do know that it's fundamentally a route planner, so multi-mode route planner across the you know train, uh, bus, uh, taxis, etc. Can you talk through what some of the other features and functionalities are in the app? Yes, and for me, the, the first engagement you have with the app is through social media. I think in the current uh, ICT environment, we all inherit social. So the app allows you to engage from a Facebook, Google+, um, and a Twitter perspective. Okay. So you can log in through one of your existing social media profiles. Okay. Uh, if you don't have a social media profile, you can actually use uh, an SMS, which is generated through um, your, your SMA service. You'll get a passcode, and you can log into the service. So that's nice. So you don't need to go through a long registration process. And if you're not on social media, you still have access to the app through basic SMS. Great. Great. Once you get into the application the system geolocates your current location. So it finds exactly where you are, which is, is an amazing feature so that you don't have to type in your current location. Right. You then have access to multitude of functionalities. You can plan your trip. So your destination can be input into the system. It then auto-geolocates and finds the most optimal, the fastest or the cheapest route and provides you with a price option as well as a distance option. So that gives you valuable information in your hand so you can make a decision as to which option you'd like to choose. In addition to that, we have a lot of walking legs. South Africans inherently are uh, walkers, and okay. I think that's an important part of making sure that we cover that leg in here. Yes. So the system is smart enough to actually tell you that you can walk from your current location to your first node. For example, if you're entering onto a bus, a train, if you're going to be renting a bicycle or sharing a bicycle or sharing a carpooling facility, yes. all of that is part of the system. The next phase that you would enter into would be, for example, if you get onto a train. So the system is smart enough to actually pick up that you can move into a train, how long you're traveling, what the train ETAs are, what time you anticipate to do, arrive at your destination. One of, the, one of the really awesome functionalities of the application is the ability to share your trip. I see. So if you and I, for example, are moving to the same location, I'm traveling early in the day and you are traveling later. I, through social media or through any one of the communication channels that are available digitally, I can share that information to you. You will be prompted to download the app. You can then use the same information or the same trip information regarding the delivery of um, the, the, the trip information regarding fares, regarding uh, duration, and you can enter the same destination later in the day. Uh, the, the other core functionality is the application. It gives you the timetables. This is a very important functionality. We have 11 service providers that are included currently from the greater public transport network. Can you just show who, some of those that, that are included? So we have Metrail. We have the Hout Train. We have Hout Train Bus. We have the long, uh, the, the, the long distance haulers, okay. City Liner, uh, et cetera. We have the Hout, tra- uh, the Hout Tanks, uh, sightseeing buses. Oh, the big red buses. The big red buses. Yes, yes. Uh, we also have their timetables on. The most important feature of uh, the application is we've included minibus taxis. Fantastic. So let's talk about the minibus taxis because I know that 
Um, for one, they, they tend to believe their roots are proprietary, so it's, it's their intellectual capital. And for two, it's not something that was previously well documented, <laughs> unless I'm mistaken. Tepo, can you maybe come in there, including the minibus taxis on a platform like this? We know the challenges we've had between the meter taxis and Uber, and it also leans into this conversation we, we were talking about around this co-creation. Yes. How, how have you incorporated the minibus taxi operators? So what, what we've done is we've actually used tech to actually map most of the uh, um, the minibus taxi routes. Okay. How so, is that done? So how, uh, you have a, a um, an app that is loaded onto your phone okay. or any device that is there, that has a GPS locator on it. Okay. And then you then get into a taxi at a particular stop. Okay. And then you ride the taxi until it gets to where it turns back again. Okay. So and then you do the trip back. And then we do that trip a couple of times. So it auto verifies that that is the correct trip and these are the number of stops. And what it also does is every time the taxi had stopped, um, it would pick up that, uh, okay. that this is a stop and it's a regular stop where people would gather, would get on and, and, like and get on. Like a taxi rank or a place where like a taxi a, rank when, a bulk where of people, a bulk yeah. of people will, will get on and, and, and get off. Okay. But the amazing stuff is what happens in the API. So what happens in the API then, and then what happens is, is you get a lot of other information that is crowdsourced from commuters. Okay. So the, the API itself has other inputs from um, other apps such as uh, After Robot, okay. which is another young startup that uh, a black young startup that has a lot of information on 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 taxis. Okay. But through machine learning, we're able to then verify that that is the correct route on which the uh, uh, the taxi runs. Because what happens is sometimes is there's an accident here, and you know how taxis function. Yeah, they they take yeah. a detour, and yeah. and but then it is the verified route which works through crowdsourcing of information that then is revealed to you in the app as the best route that the taxi will run on. So therefore, we don't give you a route that maybe happened on that particular day. We know that it's a standard We uh, know that it's a standard route. So when uh, Google Maps and a few of the mapping services uh, first mapped their routes, they had these fancy vehicles driving around and taking pictures of people, sometimes in compromised (laughs) situations. Um, and you've explained now that you actually got people to ride the taxis. How many people did you get? How, how did you? I mean, and there's a lot of taxis and a lot of routes. It, it, it's a lot of routes. So it must have been it, a lot of work. It must. It was a lot of work, uh, uh, but we took it in our stride. So I think there was uh, thirty to forty people. Okay. Um, Youngsters again, um, so you are empowering them in uh, doing this type of work, and they were getting paid to do the work itself. Okay. Um, who wouldn't mind riding in Texas the whole day, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> just seeing sightseeing the whole of of, of Johannesburg yeah. itself? Yes. But I think also just the connection factor. You know, when we talk about co-creation, if you were involved in mapping this thing, and now you see it being announced on television, on radio, and it's spoken about, you have a sense of pride. Yes. To say this is something that I was physically involved in, so I think that in itself is a great story. No, that that is important because we're finding that as we democratize technology, a lot of people are also not only wanting to be able to have access to the technology, but they want to be part of the creation of the technology itself. And 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 that is we're enabling a lot of youngsters through a lot of the projects that we're running because there's an API behind this that required it 
itself to be developed. Yes. Um, so that's another uh, uh, success story that we can talk about. Yes. Uh, a young South African company, um, a group of youngsters who missed their bus one day, uh, going to write their exams in their final year, and decided to form a company, and they aptly named it Where's My Transport. Yes. yes. And, 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 and that in itself is a, a big uh, um, South African success story. What I like about this, Tepo, is that if we hadn't, if you hadn't taken this route, we might have found ourselves in a situation where a global technology company had come into this market yeah. and mapped our taxi routes, in effect, yes. then owning that IP, yes. which would have been sad. It would have been said. It would have been said. I mean, as, as we go forward now, um, we're doing a second uh, verification of the of the routes themselves, um, and which will then sit fully on uh, uh, on government's database. And the CSIR is handling that project. And Fantastic. again, the project is uh, led by a young lady from the CSIR, and she's working with another uh, lady from the Department of Roads and Transport to make sure that the routes are verified Incredible. properly as they are registered in. Um, in the register uh, in the department. And I'm going to assume you're probably going to influence or inspire the other provinces and other parts of the country to start doing similar work. Look, an API like the one that is built here is scalable. Okay. Um, and in essence, we've already started that journey by including the long-distance buses. Okay. So when you start looking at it, the same API is functioning in Cape Town. And if you connect the two routes from Cape Town to Johannesburg, you've, and done, a lot. you've done a lot. Yeah. And once you bring in Deben, um, you've also done a whole lot more. So continuously as, as, as we go forward, uh, eventually the whole of South Africa will be mapped. Yes. Mutli. Um, Sean, I want to just talk then about this API because a lot of people might not understand uh, what we're talking about. Um, can you explain briefly uh, what an API does before we talk about this one in particular? So an API essentially stands for an applications program interface. It's a format and a medium for us to take various sources of information, put it together and provide a standard output into the market. And I think an important concept would be open source to mention right now. Okay. I think inherently to enable the ICT industry within Gauteng and within South Africa, it's important that we provide information out into the public domain that enables ICT. And what I mean by that is essentially by providing information from an API out into the market. Those are key sources of data that young app developers and especially young growing developing app developers can enable their applications. Information like commuter traveling trends, uh, pricing of uh, fares, distances. That information is tr traditionally stored in many different data sources and you find it fragmented out in the industry. What an API does is it stores it in one common location and it pushes it out into an open source type of market where API developers, individuals who want to benefit from the ICT enablement, develop their own app. I could be sitting in my dorm room at one of the universities and developing an app as Seppo pointed out earlier, that allows me to get to my lectures quite early. Yes. I'll relate a, a very important story within the South African context. There's a young South African company that's developing an application. Students in entity like things of sleep. Yes. The most important thing to them we found through one of the hackathons is that students love sleep. Now, you and I may think that students want to go out and party and do other things. I, I believe they do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think in this hackathon example, the, the important element is uh, using the public transport network through an API where information was provided from the API to these students, they found out that if they got information from the API, they could channel information from the university lecture schedule, which resulted in, in if a lecture was cancelled, the first lecture in the morning was cancelled, the resultant was 
Students got more sleep in the morning. They could align their their uh, their digital media clock on the uh, onto their mobile phone to wake up later. The the knock on effect in the entire supply chain was that um, they would get more sleep. They would save on fares because we have surge pricing in the morning through taxis uh, during peak hours. Yes. So students would essentially. Uh, save money on fares, get to, uh, get to campus at a time when their lecture was being scheduled. So that's what essentially an API does. It provides information out of the market that people can use to add benefits to their lives. Okay. And I think uh, it's working lives and playing lives together, which is important. And this API tempo, is it open to anybody? So can I conceive an app and, and integrate into API? Where, where are we with that? And Bumi, just like everything in life, there are terms and conditions. So at the current moment, we're finalizing the terms and conditions. Okay. And we are finalizing the actual developer portal itself. Okay. Um, and once the rules are, are, are ratified by the Department of Roads and Transport, uh, and probably I'd say in two months time, we would have, uh, open data, uh, for the development of apps. Um, all around because it, it, the ecosystem has to grow. Yes. Uh, my biggest worry is enabling the ecosystem to grow for us to do much more incredible things. Um, as South Africa in the ICT sector, mm. and, and and we will do so only through open data. Uh, and if you look at the Transport for London case study of what actually happened once they went open the the, the open data route, they actually got better apps. From the open, built. from what they built. Yeah. All we were doing is we were pushing the market in a particular direction yes. and showing where government wants to go and what kind of information it wants to provide. Long term wise, probably version two, version three, we will allow the market to actually run itself and, 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 and allow itself to co-create, um, rather than us forcing it in a particular direction. All we've done now with the app is we've lit the match. Given an example. Giving an example, yeah. just, you know, the, the spark is there. Yes. All it needs is just for the fire to burn. I'll say this. I think the, what you just mentioned now about two months' time and potentially having open access to this API with all this data is probably a bigger story, actually, than your own app. Because that's what's going to spark a lot of excitement yes. out in the market about the opportunities, you know, yes. that we can create. That people, young people, old people, doesn't matter, but that people in the province, in the country can start to innovate on the back of something that government has initiated. No, definitely. I mean, the recent hackathon that we held with as the Department of Roads and Transport, Where's My Transport and Facebook, the winner there was talking about creating cryptocurrency for transport. Now, you're talking young South Africans that are already thinking that far ahead, where you're saying you can be able to pay for your ride with cryptocurrency. Why not? That's amazing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, why not? I mean, the 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 second we now uh, or, or the the runner up um, was another company that was talking about um, creating what we call they call it Kasi experience. Okay, um, it's almost like Instagram for Kasi businesses. So where you showcase Kasi businesses and tourist sites um, on 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 social media and. I have seen the, the, the mock-ups of, of the app itself. And the next phase of Gauteng on the Move will have that plug-in in it. So as you travel to your destinations, what you will see at the end will be uh, these blimps I that show you the, different sites, the different sites and businesses. Now, not only are you giving people tourist information, but you're also giving them information about businesses, areas where they can do business, investment opportunities, investment opportunities yeah. and you're also enabling um, the, 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 the township economy That's through great. tech. Through tech. Yes. I want to then talk then about, about co-creation because yes. 
Yes, I, so I understand the API, and, and that is an area perhaps for people that want to get deeper into, uh, you know, working with government around it. But in the current phase, you know, if there are citizens and people that feel they've got something to add or contribute, is there an opportunity for them to engage through the app or directly coming to the GMA? What opportunities are there to, to work with you guys? Look, as I always say to a lot of people, I'm a government official. If I'm not engaging with people, what am I really doing? Yeah. And, and and that's much more important to me. Yes. And I have to make sure that I, I engage our stakeholders. And our stakeholders are not only the people who are in tech, but it's people who use the app, who give us feedback. Um, I mean, I saw a, a, a comment today. To other people, it would have been a negative comment. And somebody was saying, why can't I pinpoint an area, a, a location area on the map and say, I want to go here? Now, already I'm thinking, we can make that happen. Yes. And it's feedback. It's real feedback that, that it's for, for the app to be of, of, of greater use. Allow me to not enter the, the, the destination points. and say, I want to go here. Yes. Um, and then let the app, and it's as easy as that. The map can actually do that. All we have to do is enable it and probably doesn't even have to wait for version two mm. for it to be capable to, to do that. So mm. it's, it's that feedback that we're looking for. It's, uh, um, we've put it out there and we, as we redevelop and going forward, we will take as much input as possible from, from the committees themselves. And in essence, what, as, as we continue, co-creation is also going to continue in the use of the app. Because we have a, a learning API, okay. as people travel in particular areas and corridors form, the API starts to learn what is the, the, the most area where people are looking for transport. Okay. What are two points of, of, of origin and destination that are, you know, most searched in, 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 in the app itself? And we have the, the background analytics that sit in the app itself. That will then Naturally, in the use of the app, you are co-creating new information, new information that will allow the housing government to plan better, not only from a transport perspective, but overall, where people live, mm. where do they spend most of their time on weekends, and, and therefore you then put services and residential areas where they are required rather than where you, you think, think they, are they, they are required. So co-creation is, is, is a big part of, of, of this app. One of the things we've just discovered is areas where it's very difficult to find uh, uh, transport. Yes. And, you know, we, we in Houting tend to, because you live in the main corridors, you tend to think, oh, there's transport everywhere in Houting. This is Houting. Mm. But some of the things, w when we were really testing the app and we wanted to go to far-flung edges of Houting, you were discovering that the only thing that goes there is taxis. Mm. And probably... 50 to 60 percent of our province is covered by taxis, which means taxis are an essential portion of making sure that this economy runs. Mm. And, 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 and we're already working with the new information and insights that are developing from just simply using the app and the analytics that sit in the background. I mean, I know uh, certainly from my childhood that for one, sometimes you have to walk far to get to the taxi. Yes. And sometimes even when you get there, you need to wait for a long time for the taxi to fill up. So it sounds to me like the app could even create new opportunities for the taxi, for the minibus taxi industry to say, here's an area that you're not servicing that you could grow into potentially. Yeah, and Pumi, I think you highlighted a, quite an important point. Minibus taxis is a, is a 
is an area of transport and commuters' uh, engagement on the transport network that's here to stay. I think it's something that we have to live with. Uh, we've created this uh, taxi industry uh, over the over many years, and I think the important part to remember on 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 this engagement is that it gets people to work, it brings people to different parts of the province. Sepo talked about de- democratizing the app and democratizing the ICT sector. One area of co-creation that I think that we important uh, in bringing to the consumers, suppliers, and ensuring that collaboration exists among all those areas. Uh, the taxi industry plays a key role. Uh, looking at the application. Walking and taxis are by far about 60% of most of our journey planners. Mm. So when we were planning and, and testing the application, what we found is that 60%, 60% was by far during peak times, especially in the morning and afternoons, one of the biggest volumes in our network. Mm. So we cannot discount it. Uh, one of the key concepts that we found globally, um, we're entering pioneering territory in terms of the application in South Africa. But Transport for London, Transport for New South Wales, they've done an open source information where they've used uh, public transport networks to bring this sort of information through. And I think it's important. You identified a key concept. Taxis is, uh, is an area of transport that we grew up with. So we need to enable it in the system. I'll relay an example where uh, in London, they have a social media application where they actually pay people uh, to move out of the way to allow taxis to go through. I mean, it's an amazing concept. Hmm. And uh, I'm I a like strong that. believer of, of it can move. Yeah. I and mean, if you're stuck uh, on a school run, for example, in the morning, and there's only two lanes and there's taxis in front of you, uh, or t- sorry, this taxi is uh, behind yeah. you that want to want to get ahead of you. Um, we could enter into a social environment where you could pay the taxi driver, um, and uh, you know he could move out of the way, or you could move out of the way. Mm. I think those are concepts in terms of us engaging with taxi drivers and making sure that those works. Um, and it's an amazing area of uh, development and opportunity uh, that Sepo also talked about in working with the likes of different app developers. We've spoken, and the taxi industry has complained for years about their lack of subsidy. Now, as we, we get more and more in understanding the data that sits behind that industry itself, yes. long-term-wise, it, it begins to set up a platform for how do we want fully regulated, hmm. and then eventually at some point in time, subsidize that form of transport. I mean, if it carries 60% of the people, why would you only subsidize only the 40%? Absolutely. You, 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 it, they empower the economy and, and, and taxis are a big part. And, and when we were looking at this app, I mean, we would have launched this app sometime in, 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 in October last year. Okay. But the more and more we looked at it, it was without the taxis because we were launching it without the taxis back then. Okay. Without the taxis, it was not a very functional app. It wasn't doing much. Yes. It, 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 you fell apart every time you were looking for a journey and said, um, journey not found. Uh, because that gap in between where, you know, the, 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 the subsidized, uh, public transport, uh, that is provided by government, it wasn't, uh, uh meeting the needs of the people. Excuse and then the a big part of, a of, big our, part of, the, of our society. Ah, I see. Yes. It's, it's interesting because, um, you know, we're sitting here, we're talking about transport essentially for the country. And, yes. and yet this is coming out of one single agency. In Gauteng. And I quite like that dynamic because it starts to speak to how we can leverage. We already have quite a lot of resources, whether it's intellectual capital, Mm -hmm. whether it's hands and feet, how we can start to leverage our existing government entities to do broader than what their specific mandate is. Is that an area that you guys are pioneering or do you see it becoming more and more the norm? Look, it has to become the norm. And and, and I think, you know, when you look at certain ways in which we've developed in the last 22 years, um, SOEs have become less developmental agencies and have become more, you know, 
businesses that are being tra- that that people are trying to run them as as you know super profitable businesses mm. but in essence SOEs their biggest mandate is developmental um they have to take a, a a big chunk of that yes do what you're supposed to do properly to start with yes be sustainable be sustainable uh, that that is 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 an area that i won't say you're not supposed to do you are supposed to be sustain be sustainable anyway but in addition to that then enable the economy to run mm, okay can we then shift a little bit and talk uh, about the how train um what I've been told is that you're looking at new routes, you're looking at expanding the function of the Gau train. Are those just rumors or is it indeed something that's in the works for, for your organization? No, definitely we're looking at uh, developing the routes further. Um, we will be going to Soweto, going to, to Pretoria East, you know, the far end of, of Pretoria, mm-hmm. going out to Boxberg. Um, we will go out to Randberg and then eventually at some point in time, uh, out to Four Ways and, um, and Lanseria. Um, so those are like sort of the main seven routes or seven phases of, of the expansion in itself. Mm-hmm. At the current moment, we are awaiting treasury approval, okay. uh, to proceed to the next phase. The feasibility is done. Um, and we will take it as it goes. So we are regular. What time frames are we looking at? Is it in our lifetime? It is in our lifetime. Probably the, 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 the Soviet line, we're talking, you know, four to five years from now, okay. uh, would we'll probably be, you know, the first phase of it would have been uh, done, which goes all the way to uh, Little Falls. Okay, on the West End? On the West End. Okay. And then, you know, we've got the big challenge of going through the Drodeport Ridge, uh, that bit of mountain that sits there in yeah. Drodeport. And that is a long tunnel section that is quite expensive to get through. Um, but it's also the most efficient way of getting through the tunnel. So, And then eventually up to, to Soweto will be the full um, first phase. Okay. Um, amazingly enough, it also gives us the best ridership numbers because... Projects like this have to have the ridership numbers. They, ha- you have to have the demand there. Okay. You can't just build it for the sake of, you know, you like the idea of going to Soweto. Mm. Um, but we had to build it in such a way that we make sure that we are, uh, um, we address the spatial issues of the past where transport was provided on one route, competing modes and, all these routes are running in the same direction rather than being complementary. And in actual, we run, in actual fact, we run at 90 degrees away from the BRT and away from Metro Rail. Okay. Um, and servicing an area that both Metro Rail and the BRT does not service. I see. Yes. And the impact for the existing modes, I mean, you've mentioned BRT and Metro Rail, taxis and carpools, and a lot of people make good money. Yes. From from ride sharing, have you looked into what the implications of that could be? What new opportunities could exist in that space? There will always be opportunities. I mean, when we when we relook our socio economic development and our entire BE setup in the next phase of the project, we will look. We will we will explore every avenue. Yes. I mean, we've learned how to do this the right way. Okay. This is no more a, a greenfields uh, uh, project. It's now probably a brownfields project now. So we, we, we have acquired a lot of insights on how to do this properly. And there will be opportunities. They might not be directly in the operating of, 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 of the transport system itself, yes. but on complementary services. Um, if you look at what we've done 
in in Marlborough. In Marlborough, you have no buses running there, but we run it with midi buses that are operated by the taxi industry in Alex. Ah, I see. Okay. So the, those are opportunities we're looking at, mm. and we're exploring further and further. And it's a fully subsidized service uh, that carries how how train passengers to Limbro, um, to Woodmead, and to the to that Kelvin area. Uh, that same service we are now expanding to Greenstone and with minibus taxis. With minibus taxis, That's um, very impressive, yeah. and we've just done uh, Centurion, uh, the midstream area, is done the same way. We have no buses there, and the bus, uh, the the distribution and feeder services is done through uh, the midi buses. Okay, and that's a wonderful model, yes. I think, you know, for tapping into an existing industry, instead of disrupting it, in fact, you, you bring it in and you orchestrate with it. But to a great degree, we are disrupting it because we are creating new business models for the taxi industry. Okay. They themselves are, 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 are the feedback we get from them is, um, you know, bear with us. We are learning how to run, you know, this the right so way. They don't quite operate in the they same way. They don't quite operate in the operate. same way. Yes, yes. yes. Um, Sean, from your side, and before we, we get into wrapping up, um, is there anything else you want to share just around the app um, and where and where you see it going and, and opportunities, I guess, for collaboration as well? I think uh, you raised an important point regarding collaboration. Uh, pulling together knowledge, resource, and ideas is a very important future step of the application, integrating the API and providing more information out into the market so that we have more apps like Houting on the Move. I think that's a very important opportunity. One of the reasons why we went and launched it at an event um, that we had yesterday yes. was to create the awareness out of the market that the technology is available, the information is available. Government wants to partner with uh, developing organizations so that we can go out into the market and create brilliant apps out there. Uh, I think Seppo pointed out quite uh, importantly earlier that uh, the opportunity is the awareness, making sure that the apps come online, and the functionality of Houting on the Move enhances the ICT sector. Uh, we spoke earlier about bringing together tourist information, cycle lane information. Um, an example would be if a tourist is traveling from somewhere else in the world and they want to go to the Soweto Towers and bungee jump, for example. Yes. We want to have the functionality where there's easy access of information. And a, a tour operator that's sitting in Germany or in the U.S. can access that information directly through an app like Houting on the Move, uh, be able to plan their journey right up to them standing at the foot of the Soto Towers and enabling that service of taking the bungee jump. And even having a Chisanyama around the area or doing anything else around that becomes fantastic. Perfect. And then, Sean, on your side then, I'm going to ask you two questions. The first one is, you know, given that you've been part of pioneering something quite unique uh, for the province, I think something very inspiring as well, uh, what do you see as your vision for South Africa, the country, in, into the future? I think um, a point that we highlighted earlier was ensuring that we stay on the open source and the open data initiative. That's very important. While we're pioneering territory within uh, and disrupting the ICT sector, globally, remaining on that open source path actually provides a very important cog between the public sector and the private sector. And I think Seppo highlighted it quite importantly earlier. If uh, the state-owned enterprises provide information and data out into the system, We'll have young emerging organizations come through, disrupt, change, bring together amazing solutions that, uh, like Houting and the Move and similar applications that can allow us to live, work and play better and improve our lives uh, in an amazing way. And your definition of disruption within that? I think my definition of disruption would be to enable us to move into an area of, inv uh, of, of work and life uh, that... Uh, 
that makes it easier for us to move into one segment of our lives rather than the other. And uh, to, to expand that further, I think um, when I wake up every morning, I think uh, a morning run is something that I do every morning. Yeah. Uh, we've become inherently uh, reliant on our mobile phones. Um, and mobile phones give you calories. It tells you your heart rate, etc. I think carrying those technologies into different sectors of the economy, into different sectors of schools, within education, within transport, for me, disrupting and creating open initiatives is such an important cog. And that's where I think disruption is going to make an amazing difference going forward. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Sean. Tapo, to help us then conclude, I'm going to ask you the same two questions. But if you could answer them for me from the perspective of a public servant. I mean, I know you've obviously got very strong personal views as well, Mm -hmm. but I'd like to get a perspective from a public servant so that maybe it gives us context to where government is going with these topics. So your vision for the future of the country within that? Look, the vision for the future for the country would always be where government wants to play. Where government wants to play, we want to play as an enabler. And as I said to you, we're developing the open data standards. And once the data is out there, it is up to the the, the ICT sector to then use it to be able to create new apps, new new functionality. And it doesn't only come in in in, in apps. And I think one of the things that we was a bit amiss with us yesterday was that we didn't let everybody know that we also have a website which does exactly the same thing that the app does. Yes. Um, but all of that, our vision is for us to be able to be an enabler. And that is what government is supposed to be. And we regulate the things that we need to regulate and allow the market to organically just develop as a whole, rather than us regulating it and, and, and being the ones who force it in a particular direction. Because you might find that, you know, the market can do it far much better and do it much quicker and allow the evolution to just happen by itself. I like that a lot. And and within that, then, your definition of disruption, I mean, you've... you've giving me examples of where you've seen it happening, but your own definition of disruption. So for me, my, my definition of, of, of disruption, it's where we don't have these enclosed uh, uh, intellectual property-based uh, um, information. So it, it's where the, the sector shares information all around. Yeah. It's where, we, we, you know, uh, uh, people are able to co-create with each other, where apps then work with each other to have plugins. We still have a mentality uh, locally in the ICT sector that I want to be a standalone app. Mm. And what we're doing with the next uh, development of the app, we're saying develop your app. We're going to pull it in as a plugin into our app and enable your app to actually find use in itself. I mean, if you look at Cassie Experience, if you were to click on, 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 uh, on, on, uh, Orlando Towers, what it would do is it would give you an option for actually to get out, out of Houting on the move and go into Cassie Experience. And then you can engage that. Whole you thing. can engage that in full, find, uh, information about how much do I pay for where I'm going and, and all of that. But at the same time, later on, you get to find, I need to find out about a particular area. Um, let me go into Cassie Experience directly. Okay. But we've enabled another app to be able to be a standalone app through collaboration. And for me, disruption is going to be in the area of collaboration. And the mindset has to change from where you think I'm a standalone app. Rather, it's I am an app that is functioning in the in the entire ecosystem to be able to enable information to be in the hands of the people. Thank you very much. Um, I mean, the key themes I'm picking up, uh, gentlemen, is really co-creation as, as something that can drive the ICT sector. 
I'm really picking up this uh, this aspect of an ecosystem, so that everything we do operates and you know engages within a broader ecosystem, and that the ecosystem needs to coalesce and work together. And then fundamentally, I'm seeing this government becoming an enabler of a digital economy, becoming a big theme and a big topic. And I really hope that you're able to share this story around developing APIs, creating open data sources, obviously doing the work you do of, of governing or providing guidance in terms of the rules, you know, the governance around it, the security on that. But the more of these we have in different, I mean, this is just one use case in the transport sector. You can only imagine the opportunities in the healthcare sector, opportunities in education, for example, for people then to innovate on top of those platforms. I think it can be a great opportunity to help us become more disruptive or become, you know, a digital enabled, you know, society within South Africa and the continent and large. So I thank you very much, Sean Moodley, the MD of IntelliGy, who've worked on the Gautrain on the Move, sorry, the Gautrain on the Move app. Tsepo Kobe from the Gautrain Management Agency, Senior Technical Manager, a Senior Manager for Technical Services. I know you've got a number of roles in your portfolio, but you've been really the champion in terms of developing this app, working with uh, your service providers on developing this API for data sources within the transport sector. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Disrupt with Mpumi Ntlapo. We've appreciated your presence. I hope you've learned a lot from our two guests. We look forward to seeing you again next week to our sponsors, T-Systems, for making the platform available. We're very grateful. It really helps us to continue to have these engaging conversations. We'll see you again next time on Disrupt with Mpumi Ntlapo. Thank you. This is CliffCentral.com.